Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. The episode this week is an interview with my friend Adam Ahrens. Adam is a pastor in Wisconsin, and he's a longtime friend um, back from my Buffalo, New York days. Uh, So he's a big Bills fan too. Go Bills! And anyways, I brought Adam on because he has a real passion for uh, the environment, and he loves being out in nature, has always really loved this, but now as a pastor has kind of seen the ways that his faith and care for the earth overlap and intersect. And so I wanted to bring him on to kind of share some of those ideas with us today. It's a really interesting conversation. We had a really good time with it. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you find it interesting and intriguing as well. As always, thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share this episode, share other episodes with family and friends. Let other people know about this great resource. The cool thing about podcasts is you can listen to them when you're driving or when you're doing the dishes, uh, when you're out on a walk or a run. It's just a great way um, to continue to connect with your faith, even even when you're not in a church building. So please share it with others. We really appreciate you doing that. But now let's turn it over to my friend Adam Ahrens as we talk about environmental theology. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Together for Good podcast. So glad to have you listening. And I have with me today, my dear friend, Adam Ahrens. Adam and I have known each other for 15 years now, something like that. Uh, We met because we were both working at a youth retreat in upstate New York. But then also when I lived in Buffalo, New York, I went to Adam's house every Monday night for Monday night football (laughs) and a pseudotherapy session with his help. Uh, We processed all of life's problems. And then Adam went on and became a pastor. And so Adam, hey, welcome aboard. Tell us where you are, where you're serving, what's going on in your life right now. Thanks, Nate. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm the pastor at North Beaver Creek Lutheran Church, which is a rural congregation near Ettrick, Wisconsin, uh, which is kind of a little little bit closer to La Crosse, Wisconsin. It's a bigger town. So um, good to be here. Um, just happy well, to have you. Been, you you've been pastor there for three years? Three years, yeah. Three years, and this is your first call. Um First call, this is, uh, and it's Nate's fault <clears throat> that I'm a pastor, so I blame him for everything. I mean, I thank him for everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, also let us just know, <clears throat> tell, tell the people about what you did previously in life before you discerned this call to ministry, because it's clear, I mean, those who are watching this on Zoom see <clears throat> just how aged you really are, that I always like to remind you, um, you're much older than me, Adam, but what did you do in that uh, before you? discerning this call to ministry around a campfire at my house. Well, how long do you have, Nate? Um, <laughs> I've done a number of different things. I've worked at some nonprofits uh, when I was living in D.C. I uh, became a teacher for a while when I was in Buffalo, and I worked at a for-profit company that did transportation issues and contracts for the government. Uh, and that uh, drove me, I mean, that inspired me to seek out another job uh, towards ministry. <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's also uh how god works is through transportation protocol employment that's perfect mm-hmm. um and adam you uh tell uh, just give us a little bit about your family too always love for people to just get to know who's on the line so go ahead you bet i am married to a wonderful woman named Kristen, uh and uh, we have two kids uh 13 year old daughter and uh 10 year old son and they're great. I remember when your daughter was born and when your son was born, like a month after my oldest daughter was born, 
uh, and that was all in Buffalo, New York, same hospital. Ah, oh, the memories. Yes. But I brought Adam <laughs> on because Adam uh, is really passionate about environmental issues. And I know that that also like is something that you have really processed with a theological lens as well. It's not just that you care about the earth and you like to go hiking, um, but it's that you really care about the ways that this connects with what God is doing and what God has called us to do in the world. So just to get us started on this idea of, you know, environmental theology or however we want to term it, I mean, where do you think this passion comes from as well? Because th this it seems to have been a part of your life long before you discern this call to ministry. Uh, yeah, so I guess it probably started with a walk in the woods. Um, uh, I, like you, like we talked about uh, before, before you know, before college, I went to camp, right, Good Earth Village, and. In Minnesota, and I also worked at a camp uh, as a as a college kid. And getting out into nature at, at a Christian camp kind of connects those two for me uh, immediately, right? And you talk a little bit about God loves the earth, God made the earth, and and uh, the Sunday school kind of understanding. But once you look into it a little more, um, there's a lot in the Bible. There's a lot in our tradition about uh, caring for creation and God's. God's creatures, uh, as well as for ourselves. So uh, in seminary, I took a class on it and learned a little bit more about how those things are connected um, in, practically and some of the organizations that are doing some of that work. Um, yeah, well, and so I'm remembering too, just hearing you say all this, you um, participated in Lutheran Volunteer Corps after college and then worked for that organization for a while as well. And, and don't they kind of have an environmental emphasis and focus in some ways too? Yes, thank you. I actually wrote that down and forgot to say it out loud. Uh, <laughs> Lutheran Volunteer Corps is a year-long uh, year of, of service. Uh, you get a small stipend and work for a nonprofit. And they have um, three tenants, I think. <laughs> Maybe five. Hopefully. I don't know. One of them is care creation. So in that work and in that process, meeting uh, other volunteers and some of the work they did for advocacy. And um, there's a there's definitely an emphasis on uh, living simply is one of the that I got to it. Yeah. Uh, living simply, one of the, the ways that LVC asks uh, volunteers to live for a year. And so you talk about and think about what does that mean? Uh, after my year in um, LVC, I was a vegetarian for about four years, not because, well, animals are great, but not because I love animals especially, but more because I learned about how the uh, rainforests aren't getting cut down just for wood. That's not what's going on. They're getting cut down to turn it into grazing land for cows. Oh, wow. um, uh, so that's one of the reasons that I decided to do that. Now, I moved to Buffalo and ate chicken wings and fell off the vegetarian wagon. But, uh, <laughs> but that's also what we bonded over because I was a vegetarian in college for the same reasons when, you yeah. know, when the school is making my food in the cafeteria and it was easy. And yeah. then when chicken wings were 40 cents a chicken wing on Monday nights at the Wellington pub, I had, uh, yeah, all bets were off. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're just weak, uh, Nate. But but those those ideas uh, stick with us, right? That we got to think about what we eat, what we consume. Um, all these things have, uh, have a, a bigger impact, and not just in our backyard here. You know, I'm I'm in uh, the Midwest where agriculture is huge, and you know, people I've uh, some of the, the people I went to high school with kind of pushed back against vegetarianism, saying, "I you know, the cows I eat come down from down the street," which is great. But most hamburgers you eat 
in McDonald's and even in your supermarket come from all over the country and sometimes all over the world. So um, it's a global impact no matter what we do. And so, yeah. I mean, just hearing you talk about all this, I, where my mind goes is a lot of reflecting, like from a theological lens, just kind of getting to some of those initial core tenets that we say, right? Like we, we when we say the creed, I believe in God, the Father, the creator, almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And then you look at the very first book in the Bible, the very first chapter, which is about the story of creation and God creating and establishing the rhythm and the order of all of this. And so clearly it seems that there's something very important about recognizing God as creator and then connecting that to how we shall live, right? Okay, so if we believe that God created everything, then maybe there's some impact to, you know, what that looks like as we live out a life of faith. I'm wondering if you've got some thoughts on that, um, just how these pieces connect with some of the things we read in scripture and some of the things we confess on Sunday morning. Yeah, definitely. So, you start with Genesis and the, the way that we treat the earth um, from the Western perspective, right, especially what we've done is we've taken Genesis and the language in the Old Testament, especially about dominion, and we've taken that to mean, and this is not me or us, but us collectively for uh, hundreds of years, the dominion is we can do whatever we want. These resources are for us and for us only, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we forget about the first part of Genesis where God creates all the things to work in order and work together, and he calls it good. God calls it good. God calls it good over and over. Each part is good, yep. is good, is good. And we say, well, it's good for me, right? Um, the other sort of theological underpinning of, of really taking seriously care for creation comes in the Psalms, uh, and I think even in Revelation, where it talks about the whole world being redeemed. Um, there's a whole theology about the fact that, you know, we think about us being redeemed and humanity being saved, but a lot of the Psalms and, and some of the scriptures talk about, you know, we're all, the, the whole world will be made yeah. new. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that's talking about the problems with <laughs> using the Bible for a basis for environmental um, work is that that's often been taken as, in the extreme, I just watched a video on this, uh, very conservative Christians will sometimes say, well, if the world's going to be made new, what do we have to, why do we have to take care of it now? Which is so dismissive of, of creation, of Genesis, right? Of uh, Genesis where God says, this is good, take care of it, be good stewards, work with this. I've given you everything you need. Jesus talks about that all the time, right? Not all the time, but consider the lilies of the field, consider the crows. They don't work. God's taking care of them. You don't, we don't have to take more than we need, although, and, mm -hmm. and so, and of course, in that we've taken, <laughs> you know, look at any of our houses, right? We've, yeah. we've, we've got stuff and um, yeah, it's, it just keeps going. So that's sort of the theological you know, yeah, the, the I really appreciate you you speaking about, you know, kind of what Revelation speaks to and, and this idea of the the larger scope of what God is doing, because, you know, we, we have personalized so much. And it's like, if I've got mine and I'm OK, then everything's all right. And whereas, I mean, especially within the scriptures themselves, like even when they were written right within society at the time, that was not how people thought that it wasn't an individualistic society. It was very, very communal. And so specifically too, right? Like the, 
the way that it talks about all of these pieces is that God will restore everything, including creation, right? That, that it is a, it is a, yeah, a redemption, not just of individual souls, but of whole communities and whole ecosystems mm. and everything in between. Uh, and that's a real mind, you know, mindset shift, I think, when we start to step back and look at that about like, okay, if, if this is the work that God is ultimately doing in the world, hopefully we say, how can I participate in that? Not, well, I guess God will just take care of it all. And so I can do whatever I want in the meantime. Um, if, if you know, the Apostle Paul speaks specifically against that, right? Like, well, if grace is abounding, then should we just go on sinning however we want? By no means, Paul says. <laughs> and it, I think it's similar with this, right? Like, if God's going to restore all of creation, well, should we just get to do whatever we want? By no means, right? Like, right. find a way to participate in the ongoing work of God. I, yeah. I mean, it looks like you have something to say. Go ahead. No, I was just going to add that Jesus says the same thing, right? That I came to that you may live life abundantly. Yeah, Jesus talks about heaven, but he also talks about the life here and now and how do we live that life abundantly. In abundant, abundantly doesn't mean in excess. He's talking about the abundance of grace and community. I think you're right to point out that we've we we skip over the parts of the Old Testament, especially that demonstrate that the Jewish people you know, uh, really were a part, they wanted a, a community, right? They wanted to live in a community that took care of each other. That's why there's all those laws. Some of them seem harsh yep. and crazy to us, but they're there so that they can live in a community that is healthy and good for one another. And our individualistic society, consumerism, um, capitalism tells us, no, it's all about you. Make sure you are good. Make sure you're good, which we should. Take care of yourself, everybody, please. Yep. But Take care of your neighbor too, and to do that, we we've lost a bit of that communal feel. You made me think of a friend who said, who pointed out that uh, the the fastest growing Christian communities in the world are in Africa, and in the West, we we often think that Africa maybe well, you know, we've got to figure it out. But Africa, I don't know. And he said, I think Africa's got something to teach us. There's, uh, and I apologize, one of the traditions in a giant continents uh, is, is the idea of uh ubuntu right i am uh -huh. because we are that you, we are not we are not islands no no man is an island we we rely on each other and on the world that that we believe god has helped bring into existence and and place before us with everything that we need to survive yeah really well said really well said i mean and just just thinking about all of these pieces too i mean let's get because there is an individual element to it um, of just like, okay, so then how am I to behave and, and how can I participate in this work that God is always doing that is for the collective whole? I'm wondering if you have just any thoughts about that just specifically, like, yeah, what, what, what can we do with this? What does it mean for an individual or a church community? Oh, man, uh, <laughs> that's the big question, right? And yeah. uh, you brought me on to talk about something I'm passionate about, and I wish I have been doing more, right, in my church, but some of the ways you take a look at this are, you know, how are you using plastics in your church? Mm. Plastics are, um, you know, a lot of churches still have styrofoam cups, including mine, uh, because they're cheap and easy, but you use a styrofoam cup for your coffee for about 20 minutes, and then it doesn't disappear for 500 years, so, you know, is that a good use of God's creation? Is that helping uh, 
we can take a little bit more time to think about it. Of course, you can also replace your light bulbs and be energy efficient and uh, <clears throat> turn off your heat and all that stuff. Um, you can look into solar panels, which in mm -hmm. many places will pay for themselves. Um, I looked into it here, but didn't get to it just because uh, the other issues. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and it's but, yeah. All of these things too are like just have a lot of effort and intentionality and cost, and um, it, it's sort of. I'm, Adam, did you ever watch The Good Place? Yeah. I yeah, did. and I'm sure some of our listeners watch The Good Place too, which I just love that show um, because it, it it highlights the conundrum of you know, like just trying to be an ethical person, you know, and an ethical person is a little different than a faithful Christian, but for the sake of this conversation, they're the same. But, you know, I remember, you know, um, some of the characters just lamenting, like how hard it is to be a good person, because it's like, you bought the almond milk because you wanted to be, right, uh, Chidi buys the almond milk because he wants to be more, um, you know, energy efficient or something, but not realizing that almond milk is actually terrible in another way. And it just, it does kind of spiral like that. So what would you say to those yeah. among us who are just like throwing up our hands, you're like, well, okay, so <laughs> styrofoam's out and I got to get solar panels now, but also yeah. like, there's a lot of other things going on in the world. Yeah, well, I mean, you're right, right? Like almond milk uses all this water that California doesn't have. You're in Denver, sure, yeah. you guys know, like um, the same, and the same thing with electric vehicles, which are gonna help us not have emissions. But I don't know if you've seen the pictures of what the mines look like after they, they pull up the chemicals needed for the batteries it's not pretty like yeah. we're at a place in our society where it is so easy to just say well i don't it doesn't matter what i do um but we we've got to do the small things that we can do and i think advocating is really important there's a uh, organization i think there's a website lutherans restoring creation and they're trying to do some adv advocating in terms of um environmental you know christians for the environment, basically, yeah. look into them, see if um, you can help uh, talk to your senator, talk to your representatives, tell them that as a Christian, creation matters to you. Um, you know, and again, that's like, oh, yeah, I have to write a letter again. But what what are we going to, you know, that this is one thing we can do. Um, yeah. This is one thing we can do. The, the way I like to think about it, though, is that I really appreciate you coming on because you're helping encourage us to connect this very practical piece of our world uh, of caring for creation. And there's a, a billion different ways we can do that, but we're connecting it with our life of faith and recognizing that care of creation is a theological issue that mm -hmm. we're encouraged, right? When we state that we believe that God is the creator of heaven and earth, we're stating that creation matters. And so to think about that writing a letter to think about, you know, just these small little actions as spiritual practices. That's where my mind goes with it of just like how important it would be to, to really, and to say that for ourselves, like, this is how I live out my faith. I, I, I honestly, like when I put out the recycling, like that is a joyful moment in the week for me. Like, you know what? Like, okay, this is so small. This is so, and apparently Coloradans are like the worst at recycling um, nationally, which is bizarre. But like, okay, this is a small piece. And yeah, it's probably a drop in a bucket. Um, but sometimes, you know, like I'm sure sometimes we feel like just our prayers for different parts of the world are a drop in the bucket, but we do it anyways, because it's mm -hmm. a way to live as this Christian person, a way to be connecting our faith with what goes on in the rest of our life. 
Um, so that's, I, that, that's how I would encourage some of us as well. Just like, yeah, think of it as a spiritual practice, right? Like allow yourself to make that connection and that bridge. Um, and yeah. yeah. I think you're right, Len. And, you know, in writing letters, you can write a letter as a citizen, but you can also say as a faithful Christian, as a, as a Lutheran, as somebody who create, believes mm. that God cares about the earth, uh, I, I hope that you pass this kind of legislation that will help the earth, whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's important. No, good stuff, Adam. Um, no, thank you so much for coming on and just kind of sharing this perspective with us. I just think it's really helpful for reframing um, and, and, and again, connecting some of these issues that we hear on the news all the time um, or see, you know, books and articles, et cetera. And now recognizing like, no, like that does have this connection to our life of faith. All of that, I think is just really important. It's always, it's so much more than Sunday morning. I need to tell people so much more than Sunday morning. So Adam, thanks for being my friend. Thanks for Monday night football games um, back at your house in Kenmore and chicken wings at the Wellington pub. Um, really appreciate you a lot. Appreciate you coming on. Any closing thoughts for our listeners? Well, thank you, Nate. And uh, yeah, God be with you. And uh, this can be a joyful thing. One of the things I appreciate about Nate is that he brings a joy to everything. And uh, being a good steward of the earth can be a joyful thing. So let's, uh, let's try to turn from our despair and say, hey, we can do what we can do. I appreciate that. Thanks again, Adam. And thank you, dear listeners, for joining in. Stay in peace, everyone.